back to the Movie Babble podcast. Uh, this week, it's just myself and Brennan. Uh, Nick is off marathoning the kissing booths, I think. Uh, just getting prepped for this week. Uh, so how are you doing? <laughs> it's this week, the, th- the third one. It's This is what it's all been leading towards. Mm. I can't wait. Um, I heard he's watching them back-to-back every day, just, <laughs> just to get the full experience. I feel like it's the, that's the best way to do it, so... Props to him. I'm pretty good though. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing good. I had a I had a good movie going experience this week, and uh, my my number one anticipated uh, summer movie comes out this the following week. So I'm feeling pretty good about Free Guy. Yeah, and the reviews have been good so far out the gate. Yeah, and uh, I mean I I don't want to dive into Free Guy too much, but there was a a good teaser before Suicide the Suicide Squad that really sold me on it even more because it was just like the dumb Ryan Reynolds humor that I'm here for. So <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's good. One week away. Um, but this week was the suicide squad, not to be confused with suicide squad. Um, so we're going to take things a little bit out of order this week. Um, so we're going to start with the movie bubble club. Um, and you'll, you'll probably be able to guess uh, the movie we're going to talk about. Um, because of the order we're doing things in, uh, but so we can, uh, just hit things chronologically. So we're going to, we're going to start talking about suicide squad without a, the, so this is just good old 2016 suicide squad. Um, is this something that you saw when it came out in theaters? Yeah, I saw this in theaters. I think, I feel like everyone saw this in theaters. I feel like it was such a, it was such a wave almost back in 2016 when it came out. I think, you know, it was it was the first Joker since Heath Ledger, uh, live action. Um, you had the promise of a Batman cameo in there. You had a Suicide Squad that you didn't really, you know, know too much about. Like these characters, I think it was it was fresh in terms of uh, comic book movies at the time, especially for DC. Um, and the marketing was pretty solid with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Jared Leto's Joker. I think. That obviously started a massive wave in and of itself of uh, a lot of, I think, the teen girls going out as Harley Quinn. I think that was a big thing. (laughs) And it was just a huge wave of a movie. Even the soundtrack, they got so many different um, big artists at the time to to sing tracks for this film. And it it just felt like it really took over, um, took over everything in 2016, August. So yeah, I mean, I did see this in theaters, and I've seen it uh, obviously once or twice since. Yeah, I think we were in a really weird period, superhero wise, because um, this was twenty sixteen. So um, to kind of kick off the year in March, Batman v Superman had come out, um, and I mean, it, it made a lot of money, but for a movie starring Batman and, v- and Superman, um, it fell a little bit short of expectations. Um, and then got blown out of the water critically and financially by Civil War um, at the time, which in my mind, Civil War was my favorite superhero movie. But the trailers for Suicide Squad sold me to the point where I was like, mark my words, this is going to be the best superhero movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, as time will tell, that was a very incorrect take uh, coming out of my mouth in May of 2016. Um, but I think, I think they marketed this movie really well. Like everybody was excited for Suicide Squad. And despite the fact that this movie is almost universally considered a a bad movie, like 
nobody really likes this movie. It made seven hundred and fifty million almost, uh, which you know is still about two hundred million short of Batman v Superman. But for a movie that stars a bunch of unknown characters cinematically, um, and that you know outside of Will Smith didn't have anybody that was like top star at the time. I think Margot Robbie was was definitely on her way up. Um, and she just done focus with Will, with Will Smith a few months before. Um, yeah. And I mean, you got to also just kind of also reflect on that this movie didn't get a China release. So, I mean, that's $750 million without the second biggest movie market because they uh, think they rejected this movie over um, one of the characters. I forget which character, but yeah, it was without China. And I mean, uh, uh, Batman v Superman made $100 million in China. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie was pretty damn successful. Um, it stars Nick's favorite actor, Scott Eastwood. Um, really gave him a bump there. But everybody was excited for this movie in 2016. And I think, you know, like with a Batman v Superman, a lot of people are like, yeah, this movie is, is pretty bad. But there's still some hardcore defenders. There are no Suicide Squad defenders. Like, no one... <laughs> lends anything to this movie um i think it's one of the few superhero movies that everybody pretty much exactly agrees on <laughs> <laughs> you know the only people that defend it really they don't defend it they defend wanting a different cut of it out yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like that is a whole other thing because i think the argument for that really came about after the whole justice league snafu because this was also kind of not to say that um the DCEU ever got off to a good start. Um, I would argue they really didn't make a legitimate good start until, you know, Wonder Woman or even Aquaman because you have Justice League right in the middle of those two. Um, but yeah, it just like kind of cemented the idea of DC inferiority at a time when Marvel was just making bangers. Um, like this movie came out in between Civil War and Doctor Strange, which I think are two of the strongest MCU films. Um, and so it really kind of set the template for the chaos that was DC for a while, for a lot of the shakeups that we had with Justice League and, um, even just the difference in movies we've gotten coming out of Justice League, um, you know, like Aquaman and Shazam that very much have different vibes compared to the Snyderverse. Um, all, all thanks to Will Smith in this tenfold movie. <laughs> um, so just general opinion. What what do you think about 2016 Suicide Squad? Honestly, I'm not one of the people that would rip it to shreds and say it's the worst movie ever. Like, I'm not a half-star letterbox guy. This is more of like a two, two and a half for me. Like, it's not great. It's not good. But I find enjoyment in this movie. I think just just the, the spectacle of it is, is pretty fun. I think uh, this is probably, you know, Margot Robbie, she came out and really swung for the fences with her Harley Quinn. And I, th I thought she was fantastic in this film. She kind of carried it for a lot of it. Um, obviously, the one of the bigger misses is uh, Jared Leto's Joker. But obviously, I think there's a... I wouldn't say there's an asterisk, but there are a lot of people that argue, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of scenes cut from the film. Um, but we got to work with what we have. And I just don't think he was the greatest Joker. Um, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Um... I mean, nonetheless, though, it's an iconic performance for what it is. I think people will never forget that uh, duo <laughs> of him and him and uh, Harley Quinn. 
Yeah, and that's one thing that I think the trailers really sold me on. So there's like, and in in the theatrical cut of the movie, it's a very brief flashback, but the the scene um, in the trailer that was like, "Hey, here's your first look at this new Joker," was where he's got the little shock things, and he's like, "I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you really, really bad." And I was like, "Oh, that's so dark. I want to see this." <laughs> um, and ultimately, you know, yeah, we get uh, damaged tattoo Joker. Uh, that's doing a Jim Carrey impression. Uh, so yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Uh, but I think I'm in the same boat. My opinion watching it this time was a little bit lower um, than it had been in the past. But I do think there are a lot of things that are very watchable. Um, I think David Ayer um, used slow motion really well in this movie, um, which I don't think a lot of action movies really use slow motion in an interesting way. Um, but a lot of the action scenes, he has like this really nice slow motion. Um, and I think it was perfected a little bit better in Birds of Prey. Um, but I really like the just the visual style he brings to things. Um, I like Will Smith's Deadshot. Um, you know, he's probably the only character that really has a lot of development in this movie. Uh, but it's a role that, I mean, Will Smith is just really, really good in. Um and so I, I do like those parts. I like that this movie was trying to really implement the kind of lived-in feel to the DCEU, um, which had really struggled with being stuck in an origin story for Batman and Superman. Um, and then you get to Suicide Squad, it's like, oh, you know, there's so much that's already gone on in this world, which even the Marvel Universe at that point, I don't think was to that level of, look at all these crazy side characters yet. Um, so I do think it was a little bit forward-thinking there. Um, so I, d I don't hate this movie. Uh, it is a disappointment, but it's not like it, it doesn't really bring out any feelings of like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And yeah, you're right. Will Smith's uh, Deadshot is good. I also like uh, just looking at the rest of the squad there, because I think a lot of them are kind of underutilized. And I think one of the characters we'll touch on is uh, Joe, uh, Joe Kinnaman's uh, Rick Flag. whenever we start comparing these two films. But um, I was a big fan of El Diablo and that whole arc for his character. I thought that was probably one of the only moments of uh, true heart in this movie. But uh, aside from that, I think a lot of the uh, members of the Suicide Squad, aside from Harley and Will Smith's Deadshot, are pretty underutilized and kind of dry. Yeah, I do really like Captain Boomerang. Um, mainly because he's a lot different from anything else Jai Courtney has done. Um, so Jai Courtney is one of those actors that as soon as he kind of had a little bit of action, uh, which I think Jack Reacher was probably his big breakthrough. Um, he was one of those guys that Hollywood was like, oh, we got to make him, you know, here's our next white male action star. Um, so he was like the bad guy in Divergent. Um, he was in Terminator Genesis, and then obviously this, of course. But I think um, Suicide Squad is the first time he really gets to be unique um, and not just put in a generic white guy action hero role, um, but gets to be just like, I mean, he's just this kind of crazy bogan Aussie character um, who's just having fun. Like, he's he's the heart, or not the heart, but he's the humor in a, a pretty dry movie most of the time and so i really enjoy his performance in that um i think my biggest beef with this movie though is what they did to killer croc uh so 
you know, I'm not a, a huge comic book fan, uh, but I do really like Batman and I do really like Killer Croc as a character like in the comics or the video games or the animated series or literally any other like Batman thing besides Suicide Squad um, where he's just like he's a crazy like southern Louisianan and he just eats people. And in this movie, he just like I mean, he's just a stereotype. He just says B.E.T. every now and then. And uh, kind of looks at things. So I, I feel like he was definitely butchered as a character. <laughs> and I, I would like to see him be redeemed at some point. But uh, other than that, there's really not a lot to gripe about, I think. It's very much a movie that feels like it was put together by committee. Um, there's not yeah. much of a plot to it. And definitely not one that makes sense. Um, but it's watchable. Yeah, the committee the committee uh, point there is very very bang on. It it just feels very uh, blueprinted and kind of uh, boardroom decided upon. It it is kind of like that. Um, I'm sure though, aside from the great box office they they had from this movie, this thing made a ton of money in uh, merchandise revenues. Uh, I I think it was it was certainly probably made more than uh, the other two big superhero movies that year three actually if you include dr strange huh yeah i didn't really think about that but that would make sense i think harley quinn has always been kind of a fan favorite character and you know this was the first time she had come to the big screen so i think it really just jumped a lot of harley's place in the the pop culture sphere yeah i agree i think it was she's she's always been a character that if you were a fan of DC comics and uh, animated series and such. She was someone that was always intriguing to people. She kind of broke out of the uh, fringes of just kind of the comic book fandom. And it was someone that people kind of knew outside of, uh, outside of being diehard DC comic fans. So, I mean, seeing her on the big screen and just in a live action presence, I think that really did bring in, uh, it did bring in the, bring in the money and the interest. Yeah, and I think um, it did that for, like, Margot Robbie as an actress, especially. I mean, she was already pretty well established, but this really helped kind of catapult her to the front, um, you know, because she'd already been up and coming with Wall Street and even with Focus with Will Smith, which wasn't just the hugest movie, um, still had a little bit of a spotlight to it. Uh, but this was kind of the first time where she'd really gotten to take front and center and really be the attraction um, to the movie as Harley Quinn. And so it is, it was a, a star vehicle um, for her, even if it didn't turn everybody else into just a household name. Um, yeah, certainly. I think also uh, just sorry before you jump ahead there. I think uh, Viola Davis's Amanda Waller is great and she was great again here in James Gunn's, but she, she, that's pretty much perfect casting for that character. Yeah, I would perfectly agree with that. She is just fantastic. It is Amanda Waller. Um, and then I think, interestingly enough, uh, originally Tom Hardy was going to be in the role of Rick Flagg. And I think that would have been really interesting. Um, I mean, it would have been a very different character, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just weird to think of, you know, Tom Hardy... <laughs> having been in this movie. Um, you know, I wonder if we even would have gotten Venom had that come along. Yeah, 
no kidding. Uh, he's a guy that really does make uh, make things his own. So it would have been would have been very interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, he had to. He ended up having to drop out of this movie to do the Revenant. Um, so I think he made the right call there um, with how this <laughs> turned up. Yeah, just a little. Um, good, good, good uh, hindsight for him. But yeah, I, I think this movie is a mess. Um, every <laughs> every character gets introduced twice. Um, like you have a whole round of introductions uh, that are put like out of sequence, and then you have another round um, where they're all being reintroduced again. So you get like two origin stories for Deadshot, two origin stories for Holly Quinn. Um, and then there's just constant needle drops. Like there's so much music in this movie. It's, it's overwhelming. There's just every time there's a moment of silence, they're like, you know what song is popular right now? And they just throw it in. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, um. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we got to jump into this new one here. Let's get the, let's get the bad taste out of our mouths. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump to something big. Um, so the Suicide Squad, uh, came out five years after its predecessor. Um, so David Ayer, um, whether or not he was asked to come back, uh, did not return. I would imagine even if he had been, he probably would not have wanted to after how horribly they treated him on, uh, Suicide Squad 2016. Um, but this movie picked up James Gunn, uh, right after he had been let go from Guardians 3. Uh, before he was picked back up uh, a few months later. Um, and supposedly he didn't have any pushback. Like he was given pretty much free reign to pick what characters he wanted to do, to kill off characters, to, you know, push whatever limits. Um, the one area in which he wasn't quite given free reign was the rating, uh, which from an interview he did uh, about a week ago, they actually didn't know they were going to be able to do rated R until they had just started principal photography and the Joker receipts started coming in. Mm. Um, and then once Joker kind of, you know, made a billion dollars without China, DC was like, you know what, we can take some risks. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is a James Gunn movie. If ever there were, because he was allowed with $185 million to play in whatever superhero sandbox he wanted. And I think the result turned out pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Um, hundred percent. He's, uh, he's, he's a good director and I enjoy the guardians movies. I think the first one is, is really good. The second one's not bad. It's, it's good. Um, but this was, this was something fresh. I was pretty happy watching the suicide squad in IMAX yesterday. Um, uh, didn't see a Batman trailer before it though. I heard that was supposed to be a thing, but it didn't happen. I did not get a Batman trailer either. Yeah. Um, I think I just got the, uh, respect trailer again. <laughs> um, I just got, uh, no time to die, I think for the millionth time, but you know, it is what it is, but yeah, I love this movie. This was really fun. Uh, right at the gate. I mean, we won't jump kind of heavily into spoilers here. Obviously it's, it's very fresh, uh, released, but right out the gate, this movie just gets going. I think there, there's really no uh, there's no kind of restraints on this thing early on. It just really jumps into the fun, and fun it is. And they really do uh, lean into that R rating a little bit more than I was expecting. Um, great movie, though, and I'm like, excited to dive into it here a little bit. Yeah, and I think just talking about that R rating, so this is the third DCEU film to be rated R, um, if you count Joker, which since everything's like connected but not connected, I think it does. Um, and then you had Birds of Prey, 
but it's, I think this is the first one to really push that R rating and even to a certain extent, I think, necessitate it. Um, so Birds of Prey, yeah, it had a lot more language um, and it was a little bit bloodier in the fight choreography, but this was the first one where it very much felt like in a rated R movie. And I, I think not just in the sense of, oh, there's more blood and gore, but even just some of the themes um, that it dives into, like there's, uh, it's not a huge storyline, but going into a backstory with uh, rat catcher and drug addiction um, and just broaching a little bit more mature areas just across the board. So I think it really earned its R rating. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, they, they needed it. Um, maybe a couple of things crossed the line a little bit, you know, he's James Gunn's yeah. having a good time. And uh, yeah, you're right. The gore is definitely where we saw we saw the R rating kind of come to fruition in a way that it did need it. Um, there are some, some kills in here that are quite gruesome, uh, straight out of like some hard R horror stuff. Yeah, and I think... One of my favorite things about this movie is it very much feels like anybody could die at any time. Yeah. Um, and it, it sets you off with that right off the bat um, where you watch anybody die at any time <laughs> repeatedly. Um, there was one death I was a little bit butthurt about in that opening sequence. But uh, overall, I, I really liked that there was a sense of danger, especially because most of the suicide squad characters are just like regular people right you don't have bulletproof skin or billionaire armor like these are just guys walking around on a beach where everybody else has guns um so i really like just the the gravity that that brought to the movie um and it, it makes a lot of these relationships feel a lot more sincere because you know you know what these characters actually might die which you don't <laughs> have that sensation in really any other superhero movie yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, you know what? Another thing about the gore, while it is pretty hard R in terms of that, I do think this movie does what a comic book movie should do, and it's just all, it just has a lot of fun with it. As I said, it does, it is straight out of uh, horror type gore. I think there's, there's a lot of uh, kind of colorful aspects to it. It's kind of cartoony, um, and it, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, you know, and it's just just a fun time. So, I mean, while it does have kind of those darker elements, I think it does it in a very colorful and flashy way that, uh, that kind of suits a comic book movie and it kind of suits a suicide squad movie, right? Like these are, I mean, he, like James Gunn brought out some characters in this film that, uh, that you, that you just wouldn't, wouldn't expect to see in a $185 million, uh, blockbuster, right? Like polka dot man. I mean, like, like, and he was, for me, he's my, he was a standout for me personally. Uh, my favorite of, of the squad here in this new movie. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to echo that. I really like that actor, uh, David Desmalchian, who, uh, is just kind of a DC or he's just kind of a comic book guy mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Like he's been in the Ant-Man movies. Um, he was in the dark Knight, and then obviously here, um, Denis, uh, Vianu, I can't pronounce his last name. Vianue, uh, really likes him apparently because he did yeah. uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, uh, where he gets murked, um, and then he's coming <laughs> up in Dune. Yeah, he's in Prisoners uh, too. Yeah, so he's uh he's been pretty busy, but yeah, I think he's um he's and I guess we'll we'll go into spoilers a little bit. Um, he's really the only death where I was like, I wish they would have reined in James Gunn just a little bit. 
because um, <laughs> at that point he's one of the more emotional deaths in the movie because you have had time to get invested in him by that point. Right. Um, and, it, and it comes at the climax of his arc where he's like, you know what, I'm going to actually step out and do something with these powers. Um, and then he gets killed for laughs. And there's like a little moment later on where they're looking at his ruined costume. But I felt like <laughs> the, the emotion of that moment was a little more undercut than <laughs> I thought would have made it work. Yeah. Um, just jumping into the spoilers then. Uh, were you surprised by that first scene? Like, did you know, did you, did you expect that they were going to kill off like two thirds of the cast? I didn't think they would kill off that many. I fully expected somebody to die within like the first few minutes. Um, cause James Gunn was very adamant about like, Hey, nobody's safe. And because of how expendable, like all these characters were, and you know, you can kind of tell a little bit from who's in the trailer, who's not in the trailer very right. much. Um, but yeah, they just like, and they start off again with like a humorous death um, to start off. And then next thing you know, you know, Pete Davidson doesn't have a face. And then uh, the, the one that really got me butt hurt was uh, when they killed Captain Boomerang. Because uh, it was right, like, yeah. here's, here's the one Jai Courtney role that I'm like, they found this guy's sweet spot as an actor. He's a lot of fun. Like he just throws boomerangs and they kill people. And then uh, he just gets annihilated by a helicopter blade. <laughs> and uh so that that one hurt a little bit but i liked i liked uh just how it does show that yeah these people are like exceptional and they have superpowers but they're still killable right like these are still people um and yeah. i think it it set a it set a good tone and a good um just feel for for you know how close everybody was to death throughout the rest of the movie yeah nobody was safe after that first scene um Kind of, I mean, yeah, Jack Courtney was great, but another character that they obviously brought back was uh, Colonel Rick Flagg, and I thought he was absolutely fun in this movie, uh, exceptional, uh, and just not completely stiff. You know, in the first movie, he really does feel like your typical uh, blockbuster soldier character, you know, and I think in this movie, he's got a lot more to work with, and he's a lot more fun. Uh, for me, that's that's one of the one of the good aspects of this kind of soft rebooted sequel ish, uh, redo of, um, of the suicide squad. Yeah. And he's allowed to be a lot more intimate, um, in this movie. So I think, you know, the few times that suicide squad works is where the, the, sorry, the 2016 suicide squad works is where he's just having a moment to get to talk mainly to Harley or Deadshot and really just like level with them, um, for a moment. And in this, this movie, he's allowed to be much more intimate with Bloodsport because, uh, you know, they have a history uh, together by the time this movie starts. And then with Harley, because we've seen them work together before. And so I think he he's given a lot more emotion um, mm -hmm. other than, you know, in the first one, the only real emotion he has is exposition about, oh, well, we know he loves uh, Cara Delevingne's character, June, um, because we're being told that he loves her repeatedly. Uh, but here we actually get to see him, you know, choose things um because of his connection to other people in the movie and i mean he's walking around in a bar with a giant ass cowboy hat and a bright yellow shirt like he's just <laughs> they're not taking a lot of the forced seriousness that kind of plagued the first suicide squad yeah no 100% um another as you mentioned there bloodsport Idris Elba is really good in this movie he's really fun um i think he he's kind of the anchor i guess of this film 
in a good way. Like he's, he's, I'd say he's probably the lead here. It's definitely an ensemble piece, a little bit more than even the 2016 film was, but uh, he, he's probably your lead. And he's really good here. Uh, he, he's a lot of fun as well. Really cool character. Um, are you excited for the Peacemaker show starring John yeah. Cena? Yeah. I, you know, this is the second John Cena blockbuster um, we've gotten this year. And in the first one, he was a bad guy who became a good guy by the end. And in this one, he's a good guy who became the bad guy by the end. Yeah, full uh, circle. I, I got <laughs> I gotta say, I really like John Cena as a comedic actor. Like, I I know that, you know, Hollywood keeps trying to put him in the, the serious action, action hero kind of role, but I think he's branched out from that quite a bit. Um, and, you know, this isn't the only movie he's taken on a much more comedic role. I think he's really funny in Trainwreck um, from 2015. Yeah, <laughs> but I really liked his character. Um, he's just like, a, he, he's like if you just took a comic book version of Captain America and threw him into a regular movie in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, yeah. He's a lot of fun. Um, and he's just kind of a parody of himself. Uh, which was really, which was really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad we got this movie. Despite what happens with it, I think people are enjoying it. The people that are seeing it are enjoying it. The reviews are really good. Audience and critics uh, are, are kind of all for this thing. So, I'm just happy it's a thing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, rewatching it at a point because I feel like it's a movie that will surprise a lot of people. Um, maybe people that were turned off by that 2016 one try to bring them out, check out this one because it is. A ton of fun, and it's it's certainly my favorite blockbuster of the year. Yeah, and I'm going to echo that. I've been really disappointed in a lot of our temple blockbusters, so like Black Widow and Jungle Cruise, F9. And this was the first one where I was like, you know what? I need to see this again before it leaves theaters. Like, I had a really good time uh, with Suicide Squad. Or sorry, with The Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, we got to, I don't know. You want to just call them 2021, 20, I don't know. <laughs> It's it's uh, funny. So, what did you think of uh, Harley Quinn in this movie? Since she weirdly has kind of become the the staple of the DCEU by this point. Yeah, and she kind of has to be right. I feel like she's. Uh, I mean, Margot Robbie's perfected that role, and she's also quite popular. Um, that character now. Uh, I I think she was good. I don't think this is the best we've seen her. I think Birds of Prey takes the cake for that as the best Harley Quinn in a DCEU movie. However, she was good here. And she, despite a couple times, I thought maybe they, they weren't going in the right direction with her. I do think that she does stick the landing. And there is uh, one scene in particular uh, with her that's my favorite scene in the movie, hands down. I, I, I don't know if you know what I mean. You probably do, but it was a fantastic scene. Yeah, I think, and, and I would agree. I think Birds of Prey is definitely where we see her have the most development and just be the most dynamic character. Um, but I really liked the way in which she was just established to have grown um, through what we saw in that movie. Uh, so she definitely, this is probably the smallest role that Harley's had in any of her three DCEU movies to this point. Um, but it just reinforces the fact that she has changed from where we saw her in the last movie. Um, she's kind of presented with another relationship that uh, pretty pretty definitively ends that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just establishes that, you know what, this character has grown. She's defining herself now. Um, and she, you know, she still has a lot of funny moments. Um, 
Like there was one that was one of the first clips they released where they go to rescue her. Um, she's already broken out and is like, oh, well, I can go back in. Like, if you guys want to do it still. Um, yeah. So she, she still brings a lot of fun to this movie. But I like how James Gunn reinforced that arc she had already been through. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And uh, how, how are you feeling about King Shark? Oh, yeah. What a king. Absolute <laughs> king. <laughs> um, I honestly was pretty uh, kind of skeptical going in. I thought uh, he'd annoy me, but turned out to be a slam dunk character. Really fun, really cute, and uh, brought a lot of heart to the movie without really saying too much. Yeah, and I, I think this movie finds its heart um, in a lot of really good ways. I think, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like you could toss a coin between Polka Dot Man Bloodsport or Ratcatcher. Uh, I think King Shark also has a lot of heart, but his is much less in the foreground. Um, a lot of his like more tender moments are kind of off to the side. Um, but yeah, I think this movie finds its heart uh, when it needs to. But at the same time, you know, it's still very funny. Uh, like James Gunn movies are, are known to be still very violent and kind of over the top um, action pieces. And then I think it also has like a pretty decent amount of commentary. Uh, you know, it's, it's very, yeah. like mm -hmm. very much echoes a lot of those war movies of the seventies, which are very like, you know, coming, coming as a reaction to the Vietnam war are very much a reaction to like American imperialism. And, and this movie hits on a lot of those same themes, uh, which isn't something you always see, you know, superhero movies reaching for. Uh, but I think this movie does that kind of commentary very well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. There is, there's enough here that you can kind of chew on and uh, it's, it's not, I, I hate to say this because it's not like a it's not a, a, a super hard thinking movie but I mean it's it's a movie that does make an attempt and does have some commentary in it that works fits the story and it's it's fun it's good yeah um I, I do have to dock a star because no Will Smith but <laughs> but other than that very pleased with the Suicide Squad yeah 100% very fun and uh definitely can't wait to check it out again yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to try and hit it up again before it leaves theaters. Uh, but that is Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. Uh, so it's been a pretty suicidal week at the box office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to quit after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a bright page in the... Uh, DCEU book. Um, so I'm excited to see whatever James Gunn does next. You know, we've got Peacemaker coming to HBO Max um, spring of next year. So I'm sure that'll follow in a pretty similar vein. And then uh, just, I like when DC gets weird and unique. Um, I liked it with Aquaman. I loved it with Shazam. Liked it here. I'm excited to see uh, just more kind of craziness coming out of the DC camp. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, uh, that has been this week's episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Um, we'll be back next week talking about the best movie of the year, Free Guy, um, as well as Nick's uh, Kissing Boothathon. Um, and remember, you can always check us out online at moviebabble.com. <laughs>